Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind, Body, Spirit, You on Blog Talk Radio. We are a collaborative show with more than one host, which really helps keep things fresh and interesting. Our format changes week by week. Some shows are interview shows. Some teach techniques and topics related to personal growth, spirituality, and healing. All are meant to support you as you wind your way through this spiral of life. Please follow us here on Blog Talk Radio, and don't forget to visit us online at Mind, Body, Spirit, You, and that's the letter U, dot com. Again, we are grateful that you have joined us. And now, let's get started with today's show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this evening's show. This is Tracy Liebman, and I'm your host tonight, and I'm being joined by Roy Holman. Hi, Roy. Hi, Tracy. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, minus this cold. So excuse my voice, everyone who's listening. I know it's a, it's a, it's kind of sounds worse than it actually feels, but... As Roy uh, reminded me before we started the show that I am human, and um, I was out of town, which was really fun, but we were on a homeschooling, kind of like a camping trip, but we were in cabins, not tents. Some people tented and RV'd, and, but I was around a lot of people <laughs> and a lot of children, so I guess I picked something up from one of those adorable little creatures. But tonight, I am thrilled to be here with Roy, and I've actually talked to Roy before on In the Flow with Tracy when I was doing my podcast, not just on my website, not here on Blog Talk Radio, and we had so much fun, we decided to do it again. So the first thing I want to do is let everybody know, just so I don't forget, where you can find Roy online, and we'll do it again at the end, which is Holman Health Connections, and Holman is H-O-L-M-A-N, healthconnections.com. And I want to welcome Roy and also do my usual intro here, which is to ask my guests to tell us about themselves instead of me reading from their bios. And, you know, it can be a, as little or as as lot. That's not very good English, is it? As little or as much. <laughs> there I am being human again, Roy, about your journey, um, you know, into who you are today. I know you've had some challenges in life which have led you to write books and learn about healing and write about healing and yoga, etc. So would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, yeah, and, and there's, maybe we could talk about, about that as well uh, as far as the challenges and things. I was talking to someone yesterday that said, they made this mistake, and they were—I can tell—they were very upset at themselves. And boy, the the mistakes and challenges are really just fuel for 
growth and healing and awakening and and often they pertain exactly to our our path too so anyway that just popped up as you said that uh, anyway I, I am uh, from San Francisco I had a a very painful childhood I think I think everybody is so different that you know one person's uh, childhood could be fine for them just because of their character. I was just a very sensitive person, so I was. Uh, for me, it was hellish. Just all the the very rigid uh, uh, upbringing, uh, the schooling, and and a very very painful household situation. The energy was very uh, very painful and toxic. So uh, I pretty much did the all American thing. I, I stuffed it pretty well. I had no idea how to feel or or uh, express anything. Uh, my pain or my passion. So I went through a pretty tough time my whole childhood, and then I went through the usual list of addictions, trying to cope, and and then uh, started traveling a lot, which is actually a good way to cope, it turns out, because it got me out of my shell a little bit. I traveled all over the U.S. for a couple of years, and then all around the world, literally, for a couple of years. And then... Um, came back and then I hit my dark night of the soul at near age 40 I'm 56 now and my life fell apart which seemed horrible at the time and it was actually a beautiful blessing because I was uh being called to go from you know half aliveness mostly deadness actually <laughs> to uh back to life and I I somehow with a lot of grace I think and divine help uh, made it through the 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 depression the eating disorder and the uh, uh tough time for about 10 years there and started just doing everything I could, and you know a lot of the things I did to save my own butt, uh, like yoga and meditation, and breath work, and and energy work, etc., uh, and coaching. I do now myself, and I teach and I assist others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I teach yoga several classes a week. I teach meditation. We lead yoga retreats to Guatemala, Mexico, Costa Rica, Sedona, all over the. Of the country, really, and um, <clears throat> and a lot of other stuff we can get to if if we have time. Yeah, that. Well, can I start by asking you a little bit about your retreats? My husband goes to Costa Rica to go surfing every year, <laughs> and I'm uh-huh. like, as soon as my children get older, they're they're teens now, but you know they're not old enough to just. We're going out of the country for a couple weeks. So when they get older, though, I'm going. But see, I told him I, I'm going to do like spiritual retreats, and that's his spiritualism, you know, being on the water and being in nature and being active. He, any type of active meditation. <laughs> he, yeah. That's what he participates in. But will you tell 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 us a little bit more about the retreats? And do you, is it just yoga? Is it other? Um, Healing modalities involved in the retreats? Yeah, we, we, I've kind of struggled with it a little bit, to be honest. I mean, they've gone great, but uh, I always want them to go deeper. And what mm. happens is when we get, we get out of the country, of course, we, you know how we are. We're so overworked. We get down there, and people want to go crazy. You know, we want to go chase monkeys and play on the beach and surf and all these things. And a lot of people like to sip alcohol, which is fine, no judgment. But uh, it can make it less of a inner experience and I finally went to I went with the flow a little bit mm-hmm. and realized that you know they're so important you know like you said about your husband that's not a bad not a bad choice as far as uh you know ways to spend our time getting out in nature and surfing and things like that what, whatever can get us uh, you know the energy moving and bring us some joy so we've been playing with it and I, I um have actually hi- hired if you want to call it that or found some wonderful uh 
teachers, yoga teachers that are also oneness teachers, we, oneness, which we can talk about later a little bit. And uh, so now we're going to do a little bit of a shift on the retreat. So we're going to add a little more of the inner stuff and the yoga and the meditation and all the usual stuff. And there'll still be plenty of time for the, the beach and all the other fun stuff because that's that's very valuable too. Mhm, mhm. Well, since you, uh, we will skip around, but that's just my style. <laughs> and from what I understand, people are okay with it. They're always like, "Oh, those are those are my questions too, Tracy." So, but since you brought up the uh, oneness blessing, I'm very interested in this because it's new, as far as I remember, to what you're doing and what you've learned since the last time we spoke. So. Will you tell us a little bit or a lot about that? Yeah. And by the way, you said jumping around. That's really the divine style, too. You know, the divine isn't linear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that's healthy. What was that one that pun about making God laugh by telling her your plans or something? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm comfortable with that. That's good. So oneness, uh, wow, what can I say about <laughs> Somebody gave me this thing called a oneness blessing about a year or so ago, and, man, it it was just something about it, and I ended up reading a book about it called Awakening into Oneness, this, this group in India that started this oneness blessing. And I, So I ended up reading the book, and I said, i got to go to India. I just felt so called to do this. So I went over to Oneness University. Isn't that a great name for a school? Oneness University. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a new paradigm for you. <laughs> so I went over to a, a place near Chennai, this big university, and uh, spent six weeks there, 28 days in a very wonderful intensive uh, that really does everything it can to wake us up. (laughs) They're very good at that. So all these different kinds of yoga and things and breath and meditation and chant and oh my god and it's uh, the whole place is started by what what are considered avatars uh, Ama and uh, Bhagavan. Not not the hugging state Ama but another Ama and uh, they're a married couple Bhagavan and Ama and they are considered avatars which is basically about as close as you can get to the divine coming into human form Mm-hmm. Apparently, when the collective conscious wants some help in a specific area, we will, you know, invite down. You might say, <laughs> download uh, some avatars. And apparently, there's a few on the planet besides them. Amachi is considered one by some, and Mother Mira is considered an avatar. So there's just an amazing amount of teachers on the planet right now showing up for this big crossroads we're at. You might say. So the these guys created this thing called the Oneness Blessing, which is not as much a creation. It's more of a new version, like a <laughs> a new download. Because there used to be this uh, diksha, it's called in India, oneness blessing diksha for years and years in India. It's like a shaktipat, kind of a uh, a teacher will put their hands on you and give you a jolt to kind of help you awaken. Mm-hmm. But the energy is so high now, we're just initiating people to do this thing, and it's called a oneness blessing in the West. And it's just a one-minute hands on the head, and it, it's a transference of grace that activates the kundalini energy, calms the mind, and, and does some things actually in a neurological process with the brain that uh, facilitates the awakening process. So they're all about awakening. I guess each avatar has a specific uh, focus, like any teacher has a focus. And these guys are all about the crown chakra. They're about awakening humanity. Cool, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm sort of I'm stuck on this word avatar, which is I've heard before, um, and outside of the movie and the blue creatures, right? Yeah. I I have I have heard this. But what I'm thinking is um if 
if, again, as humans, we use these words, right, our language to label things, mm-hmm. and I know some teachers, I think it's, I think it might be Eckhart Tolle, um, talks about how limited <laughs> the words mm-hmm. actually are, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but at the same time, for us to understand, I want to ask this. So, the difference between guru or avatar, because to me, that's what it's reminding me of, that yeah. These people are gurus, official gurus. You know what I mean. The the kind yeah. of that teach. That's a great question. Right, right. So <laughs> yeah, can you help me? Is there a differentiation? Well, these guys. The big difference. The avatars are really tall and blue. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I met I met Bhagavan, but not Ama. Uh, they're not blue and they're not very tall. <laughs> uh-huh. But they're. Uh, I guess the difference is they don't really use the word guru. They don't really like it very much. But but there's some traits that are similar. Uh, gosh, it's hard to sum this stuff up, and I still struggle with it. You know, the Indian way is, of course, there's a lot of bowing to kind of diminish the ego. But this is not a giving your power away to the ego, to these uh, avatars or gurus. It's uh, it's about uh, moving out of the mind, moving out of the head, and surrendering to our higher self. You don't, you know, you don't have to have a connection with these avatars. They, they told us that specifically. But they do emphasize it's so important to have a connection with whatever, however you want to call your higher self or divine. It, it has to be an emotional feeling connection. It has to not just something from the head. Um, it, it, they emphasize this over and over in India, and it was very, very challenging and very rewarding. Over and over we did exercises in trust and faith and, and turning it over to our highest self. And these guys will help us, you know, energetically. Amma and Bhagavan, they are they're to, to say they're miracle workers is putting it very mildly. <laughs> I've, I've experienced their grace, and, and I've uh, heard story after story after story. But they say, again, it's not about them. You don't have to connect to them at all. If you do, they will help you very clearly, specifically, and easily. Uh, but they say if you are connected to nature or Jesus or Mary or whoever, uh, that's the key. Whatever you feel a heartfelt connection to that brings you out of the ego and kind of turns it over to something much more creative and and big than our little mind, you know. Mhm, mhm. So the oneness blessing was it given to you prior to going to India? Is that what you? Is that yes, what you said? That's right. Okay. Okay. It used to be a little different. Everything's picking up, you know. The pace on everything on this planet is just accelerating, and some mm-hmm. people would say, "Yeah, that's." not making me very happy but you know it'll 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 sweep up the closet so to speak so a lot of people i had a call from another depressed friend yesterday it's just over and over a lot of people are hitting their stuff but the um the oneness blessing was uh you had to go to india to get initiated originally now you can get it anywhere and now that i i got initiated here about 10 months ago or so. And then I went to India and got trained as a trainer. So now I am doing trainings where I initiate blessing givers, awesome. which is amazing. The energy at these events is sky high. It's the highest energy I have taught in and I'm probably capable of teaching. I hardly made it through the first one. The energy was so high. I was like, I was so happy I invited a couple other experienced trainers to kind of take over because I was uh, it was affecting me so much. Uh, it's so sky high. So there's a lot of grace coming in with so many uh, of the teachings and so many of the um, methods and techniques, but this stuff I've never seen any like it. It's very powerful. And, you know, like Bhagavan said, you know, 
he says all these things to us that just rock our world, you know, because sometimes I understand it right away and sometimes I have to think about it. But he said once that yoga doesn't awaken anyone. And he, they do all kinds of different yogas there, you know, traditional yoga there. So they know it's valuable, but they said it doesn't actually push people over the threshold. And they have a very specific definition of what they call awake. They actually have different ratings from unconscious to conscious to awakened state to awake to fully awake to enlightened to God realized. So they're very, they got it down to kind of a science. And this stuff does wake people up. I had awakened states in India where I had, you know, moments or hours where I was in this interesting state out of the head and mind and ego. And then some people are getting into permanent states, although although in the West it's hard to stay in the permanent state because we're so ego-focused and living in the head. So mm-hmm. it's tricky coming back here, you know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was true for me just traveling like Europe, you know, <laughs> when I was uh-huh. in college. And, and and I was not doing anything, you know, spiritual. <laughs> but just coming back to the States, it's just so different, you know. So that's just, that's the light end of it, let alone if you were studying under avatars <laughs> and at the oneness <laughs> university and then put back in your office right to go on facebook and, <laughs> and well, it was up. amazing you know i had two days between the 28 day intensive and then the 10 day training was going to start mm-hmm. so my whole six weeks was basically in training except i had a like two days off so i went down to this beach town i took this taxi and man i didn't know what a state i was in until i got outside the university walls right. and all of a sudden i was like whoa, this is really amazing. I was just in this total bliss and awe and no, no ju- non-judgment state, very rare for me. <laughs> uh-huh. and, and yes, when I came back, it was um, rather interesting. I mean, like you said, when I used to travel before I started studying spirituality and stuff, man, it was just always coming back. Coming, It was tough coming back to the States. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's different. Uh, so I want to ask, I'm really on to this here, okay? So, uh-huh. um, let's see, mindbodyspiritu.com, the newer website that I've developed, and it's 2012 website, <laughs> and all the gals that I work with there, we all have different healing modalities, we've all been trained in different, you know, and like you said, people, you could find uh, probably a new healing modality being <laughs> yeah. brought in every day, you know, on the internet or wherever. And so, and I know that you've trained in other things, but I can't come up with the words. But have you, like Reiki, et cetera, et cetera, are there other healing modalities that you have trained and been attuned to before this one or not? Oh, yeah, I don't even remember half of them. I've done so okay. many things. I mean, I was in <laughs> so such many. pain. I was just, I was trying to stop my own pain so bad. I was trying anything that sounded good. I, I studied heart-centered, hands-on energy healing for a couple years, the style of Barbara Ann Brennan, not with her, but right. that mm-hmm. style. So it's similar to Reiki, and, and mm-hmm. Reiki has some elements that are similar to the oneness blessing. You know, I did hypnotherapy, I did reflexology, I've done all kinds of men's groups and counseling and coaching. I think all those are so rich and rewarding. I still do men's men's groups and work with the Mankind Project, or another great men's group. There's a lot of great things. This is just one of the many things out there and uh but it's it's a phenomenal one and it's they have another thing with it I'll just mention called the oneness meditation now that 
uh, it's probably coming to a theater near you. <laughs> it's going all around the country because Bhagavan told us in India that they're going to do an even stronger one now, where mm-hmm. it's uh, Diksha through the eyes, oneness blessing through the eyes, mm-hmm. and uh, sending certain people that are authorized or ready to give it, you might say, that can carry that much juice coming through their system. So that you can, um, if people are interested, you can go online to, uh, what's it, onenessuniversity.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, onenessuniversity.org, and they'll have, you know, it'll say find a oneness trainer near you. You can plug in where you're at, and you can find out. And they have weekly groups usually where you can go and just get blessings. And, man, you get five or six blessings, and it's such a beautiful, heart-opening, subtle buzz that it'll it'll give you a good idea whether it's for you or not. Mm-hmm. And then you can always email me, and I'll, I can tell people more about it. Right, so give give your email address now. Oh, it's a... Holman, my last name's H O L M A N Holman Health at Gmail dot com. Holman Health at Gmail dot com. Okay, great. And yeah, I'm I might have to talk with you more about this, but privately. But for now I, I <laughs> wanna ask I do wanna ask this. So your training and like okay, let me see. So would a person book a session, like literally come to you for a, a oneness blessing session? Like like we do Reiki sessions and emotion code sessions and EFT sessions and <laughs> oh yeah is it like no, that or no question this stuff is meant to be free it's meant to be a gift to humanity is the way they put it so these oneness meditations are just donation and and the Diksha nights are free sometimes they ask for a couple bucks to pay for the space we've probably if somebody comes to me for coaching which isn't very often that's not my that's kind of a new thing I'm playing with mm-hmm. and. Uh, when they do that, I will start with that because it's like, you know, why not, of course. But, but no, you won't, you won't have to get a – I mean, it just takes a minute or two, literally, unless you come to a Diksha night where you can spend an hour and get a bunch of blessings. Again, I'm using the words Diksha and blessing interchangeable there. Okay. And often they do a meditation with that. They've got some really powerful meditations. Awesome. Okay. All right. Uh, and so if if you were training people, right – so let's say you were going to train me. That would take a weekend, I think I read. Is that correct? Yep, yep. Each trainer, uh, I love, one of the other many things I love about Oneness University, they're not dogmatic, so they leave it a lot of it up to us. There's a lot to cover to, to you know, just talking about an avatar takes some time. So uh-huh. we usually try to do at least two full days or so, so we can really do all these different meditations. Do basically mostly do the blessings, but we also got to work with the cognitive side and and talk about this stuff so the so the mind is at ease with what we're doing. You know. Right, right. And this is what you're adding to your retreats. Yeah, not yeah. every retreat, but well, every retreat I'll definitely be giving blessings for anyone and any time <laughs> because uh-huh. they're so fun. And uh, I mean, I love it to give it, but it also the juice comes through me when I'm giving it, so it's a bonus for me as well. But uh, at the, some of the retreats, I've got special. Uh, I just went online and sent out a note across the U.S. and Canada to find oneness teachers who are. Let me take that back. Oneness trainers who are also yoga teachers, so mm. I could add that to my international retreat. So fun, huh? We're going to initiate people on the retreats. That sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah. Bonus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds really good. I'm like, I want in, but I may be. I may be. Bring the kids. <laughs> exactly. I may be falling into that category of which I'm going to now. I'm going to switch gears into this. This idea of. You mentioned when, 
looking for healers, right? Looking to be healed, quote unquote. All the searching and trying new things, and all of it is really worthy and worth our time. And then that balance between the answers lie within and mm-hmm. the healing that we can find just through meditation alone mm-hmm. in our bedroom, wherever, <laughs> in our backyard. So uh, what's my question, though? Um, oh, I can jump all over that. You all right, go. That. You go. go and I'll come <laughs> That's a great question. question. I love that question because it, it was – some of the questions I love talking about are the ones that boggled me the most, I guess. But in India, there was so much paradox. You know, they'd say, what was that quote by, um, I can't remember if it's Kabir or no, somebody else. They said, basically, you have to seek enlightenment like a person whose hair is on fire seeks water. You ever hear that one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we have to have that passion to awaken. On the other hand, over and over, they talk about give up. Surrender, you can't do anything. You cannot do it on your own. It has to be kind of given to you by your higher self or the divine, whatever you call that. So there's this tremendous paradox that we have. When we are, the way Bhagavan told us, and I keep talking about Bhagavan because I didn't meet with Ama. She she is, she is doesn't speak English. She works with the Indians mostly. Bhagavan mm-hmm. speaks perfect English. But they said, you know, you, ha- you, can- you can't get it yourself. The mind can't change itself. We can't change this world at the same level of consciousness that created it. So we have to be open. And if we're, what what Bhagavan said, if we are in the way, if we're saying, oh, give me this, give me this, I want uh, enlightenment or whatever it is. But if we're we're scratching and clawing and getting in the way, there's no space for grace kind of, you know. It's like saying, okay, I surrender, but we're not really surrendering. We're still trying to do our usual control of everything. <laughs> this is this is what I'm doing really well right now. I'm so I struggle with this so much about just trusting and allowing the divine to do it for me. And I've I've seen that that can happen. <laughs> I've experienced it. But I have such a control tendency, which any of us who have been, you know, growing up in the West who have been hurt or traumatized or lived in the head. It's very hard to come fully down into the body and just trust and say, okay, I'm going to trust that there is this divine magic that's going to walk me through this. That's one of the most important things we can do. You know, Jesus talked about these and greater things you two shall do, but not you as a mind and ego, your higher self. But that's a tricky one, isn't it? It is. And I use that word balance. So, you know, Along my path and where I'm at today, I just recently in the last few months realized, wow, I'm really hard on myself if if I have a quote-unquote bad day, if I feel blue, depressed, sad, anxious, any of those more negative feelings, right, that we call, yeah. again, I'm using our human language, <laughs> the mm-hmm. shadow side, which I know you're um, – it's another one of your hot buttons, right, <laughs> looking at <laughs> – Looking at the shadow. <laughs> Me too, which I think is why you know you and I are attracted to one another in this way, is that A, I came from a very, I could say ditto, ditto, ditto to what how you grew up, minus the San Francisco. I lived in San Francisco as an adult and loved it, but we moved uh, before, it was after we were married, but before we had children, because my husband was like, I am not going to, he was kind of an old-fashioned Oklahoma boy, and he didn't want to live out there in the rat race and have to have both of us working just to have, you know, uh 800 square foot house. 
So anyway, we moved back. Yeah, we moved back to the southeast, and it was much more affordable, etc. But I grew up in Pennsylvania, um, and one of the reasons why homeschool, which we touched on this, I think, when we first talked, but I'll just say it again now, is because of how how traumatizing, in a way, school was to me. Like everything was kind of hard on me because I was so sensitive. And now that I'm grown, right, and doing what I do, my sensitivities, my empathic self is, like, I totally embrace. Now, I'm spiraling back to the idea of, except for when I feel bad. (laughs) But then I, so it's this back and forth, right? But then I realize, well, of course I'm feeling some kind of anxiety right now, Um I went through that a couple months ago, and I realized it was just me feeling everything that was going on in the planet. You know, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily just my anxiety. It was almost like this whole big collaboration. Not to sound grandiose, but it was like, oh, cool. You know, okay, I can understand that. All right, so what should I quote unquote do? Right? What should I? Again, air quotes. And it was like, okay, Tracy, just go back to the basics. Yeah, walk barefooted, um, meditate more, uh, you know, stretch, do yoga, ride your horse, whatever. (laughs) Do things Mm -hmm. that will help you ground and become more balanced. But I want to go back to that point of feeling like I'm just now realizing and getting, I hope, past it, but until... You can never really be sure until something else big happens. But that idea of being hard on ourselves because we're going through a lot when we are fairly spiritually evolved or we feel spiritually connected, we understand. So for the people that are listening that have been on this journey for a while and they still have tough days, and like you were saying, you know, it's not – you didn't really say this, but you mentioned that you've – either talk to friends or clients or whomever that are having challenging times, right? It seems to be running rampant that we're all being asked to heal and to look at our shadow. But at the same time, that balance of not being up on ourselves and being accepting of where we're at. I know Mm -hmm. I just went on a rampage, so anywhere you can go from there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, well... Well, it's it's in one sense it's like a moving target we're we're on right now. There's so many energetic shifts on the planet. We're we're being asked to do not the impossible. We, we don't do anything we're not capable of, but but it's a very tough time on the planet. We're coming out of you know what the Hindu call the Kali Yuga, the the world age of the most density and destruction and war and pain and forgetfulness of who we are, and within that, of course, we have uh, unconscious child raising. You know. Bhagavan in India says, you know, there's really, some people might not like me saying this, but they said there's really very few people on the planet that are really capable of being conscious parents at this time. We're we're doing the best we can, and that's not a judgment. It's just that the level of consciousness we're coming out of. So as a result, we've been raising children without even... In, in some cases, you know, ideally conscious childbirth, and this is maybe a man shouldn't be talking about this topic, but it, it should start before conception, of course. There should be a, 
an idea of who we want. We should be connecting with the divine, connecting with the uh, even the soul that's coming into the body, and and then looking for a mate that can that can connect us in that way. And, you know, there's cultures have done this forever. So, anyway, long story short is that um, many of us were not born being breastfed and wanted even in some cases, and are we've you know we're finally starting to acknowledge that how we. Uh, you know the, the state of our mother in the womb is affecting us, of course. So, and, and again, there's no blame here. This is just where we're coming from. So, we few, very few of us really were, you know, came into this world knowing that we were a spark of the divine. And if we did know, we forgot very quickly in this culture. So, of course, we've got this um, Western epidemic of low self-esteem, and you combine that with this epidemic of disembodiment and living in the head and the mind and the ego, and it, it's just where we are. You know, it's, For me, it's helpful to get a sense of the big cycles and within cycles and and this huge cycle that we're now ending and to take the, the blame out of it and uh, understand that there's a reason for everything, but start to see that, okay, we have really set our sights way too low. We are capable of so much more as we start to uh, come into our body. And what I notice is when we're when we're stressed the most, we tend to go to higher ground because that's where we're familiar. We're used to going up to our head. I mm-hmm. see people when they drum or dance or stuff, you know, we're stressed or whatever, threatening situation, we go up to the head, and that, that's not where we want to be. We want to be in the body, listening to our gut feeling, our intuitive nature, our higher self, and we're so much more capable. And, and I think that's what's going on right now. People are maybe unconsciously choosing dance and and roomy poetry or yoga or tai chi or nature or swimming or riding your horse, like you say. Whatever gets us back into the present moment, into the body, so we can start to sense something so much more beautiful and big and alive that we're starting to remember. It's, it's a great time on the planet. It's also darkest before the dawn, but... <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. And I appreciate you bringing up the parenting, conscious parenting, uh, the idea of of conscious, well, pre-birth, and really connecting with all that there is, even prior to conceiving. And that mm-hmm. luckily... There are, I know quite a few, you know, a handful of people that I really know, meaning I've spoken to either on this show or my other, my older podcast, and people that I've connected with on Facebook that are all in this. And so it's a small group of people, but it is happening. And that's another thing. Like, what do you think in regards to the timing of all this? Like, so here we are, 2012, and I know that that's another passion of yours. Um, and and I've talked to quite a few people about this. Is like, I often wonder: is this going to be something that I'm going to recognize before I leave this planet physically? You know, is it something that's going to happen? the ascension so to speak you know the quicker evolution or is it all unknown what do you what do you think in regards to timing you know is it going to be my children that see it or is it going to be 100 years from now or i don't know <laughs> well i think 
it's happening now. I mean, all we got to do is open our eyes. It's like just feel the shift on this planet. Look what's going on with the you know, the uh, Earth changes itself, or one side of it, of course. You know the the temperature changes and the increase in earthquakes and all this stuff, and the upheaval, which you know the, everything's connected, of course. So all the social, the economic upheaval, the questioning now. This whole in, on the positive side, all the environmental, social networking and stuff going on. It's amazing. Bar- Barbara Marks Hubbard says we're learning to procreate, po- procreate consciously, but also co-create consciously. You know, all these little groups, as we call them, which are which are actually many thousands and thousands of these little groups and individuals are are starting to just network out. I mean, literally, we got this amazing Internet that's connecting us and getting the news out faster and faster. This is happening right now. So whether it's the big moment that we're, you know, fearing or looking forward to, whether there's a polar shift or not, we we don't know. I don't know if anybody knows that, this one-day thing that could happen. But, you know, what what they're talking about over and over is that, um, that we're ending not just this one cycle talked about by the Hindu and the Mayan and the Aztecs and all these groups, you know, the end of a world age, about 5,000 years this year, December 21st. <laughs> but we're also with that same date marks the end of about a 26,000-year procession of the equinox where there is often a, um, a polar shift and some magnetic field changes. And it's also, according to some, about a 2 million in the end of a two million year cycle, more or less, depending on who you talk to. So there's the end of a cycle within a cycle within a cycle. And I don't quite understand how all this happens, but but what I do understand is that we go from different, you know, forgetfulness to we wake up and then we go back and forth. But what I keep hearing over and over is that this is not an ordinary end of a world age, which is big enough. <laughs> That's huge. That's huge. But it's a, it's within these other cycles. And at the end of every world age, there's all this upheaval and temperature change. And often there's this magnetic field change, which often correlates or leads to a uh, polar shift, which is a reversal of the poles, which creates mayhem. If that happens, that will be the big moment. And that'll affect uh, this planet big time. And who knows what that means exactly. Uh, I don't know. It's hard for me to understand that or grasp it. Right, right. Yeah. And, I mean, some now people are saying it's two years from now and then two years from two years. And so at the same time, if we just live here and now, right, the way that we feel most comfortable, blessed, uh, happy, not happy, but <laughs> accepting mm-hmm. of this exact moment, then we're really doing the best we can, right? Yeah, there, there's a paradox in there about um, knowing, recognizing this is an, an intense moment and also fear not. This is what I keep hearing over and over, the Mayan elders and all that. They, they say, yeah, you know, we could have the polar shift and, you know, millions of people could die and fear not, this is what we prayed for, you know. But not right. not the death. Don't, don't let, me, let me correct what I'm clarify what I'm trying to say there, is that we, we don't know what's going to happen, but we have a, we do have some say, you know, we're co-creating this with every thought, and so it's not a, um, it, going into fear will help attract the worst case scenario. What I'm hearing over and over by teachers I trust and some some of the channelings too that I've, that I've, that I've read that are, I find very uh, true to my heart, you might say, mm-hmm. is that we have awakened much quicker than some of the dark energies on the planet want us to acknowledge, (laughs) because that would give us hope. (laughs) 
So we are waking up so fast that uh, a lot of the prophecies and the worst-case scenario, doomsday uh, predictions and all that, we were kind of headed that way. We were right. we were just making a mess. I mean, let's just look at nuclear energy alone, the the, the weapons and all that. But right. so many people are waking up so fast, and it's accelerating so quickly that we have a chance to really uh, – and this was the sense of urgency, if you will, that I've heard at Oneness University. They're, they're very much about not into the ego mind sense of urgency in that sense, but they said, you know, if we can awaken as many people as we can, they, they specifically want to awaken up 70,000 people this year themselves. They said if we can do that, that will help turn the table, you know, kind of like the 100th monkey or whatever, <laughs> where right. you get enough people wake, awakened, it will affect others. So that's what's going on. A lot of people are waking up, and every person that gets awake, that consciousness is so much, you know, we've heard the the old cliche about basically when, wherever there's dark, one bit of one match, one bit of light evaporates the dark. The dark never wins over the light. So we got so many matches being lit, so many candles being lit on this planet right now. It's shifting everything. So it's it's really good news. I'm I'm getting more and more excited and honored, feeling honored to be here. And I was in terror ten years ago, thinking, man, we're we're toast, man. We're making such a mess of things. But I've just completely turned that around. I'm feeling mm-hmm. so good about where we're going, and it's exciting and a little bit scary, but I think we're going to a very good place over the next, you know, Bhagavan says by 2035, most of humanity will be awakened and we'll start the golden age. So mm. we're going we're going from the Kali Yuga, which is the Iron Age, the, the you know, the most dense part of the world cycle, according to the Hindu, and we go right to the golden age. It doesn't go to silver and, or bronze and silver. It goes reverse that. So it goes from gold, silver, bronze to the worst, where we're at now, and it goes right back to the golden age over, you know, how, as many years as it takes for us to wake up. Well, there you go. You answered my question. Well, or he is – sorry, I don't know the name, the avatar. Oh, Bhagavad or Amma? Yes, yeah, yeah. You said said that it was uh, 2035. Yeah, they say we're we're going through around the, there. The birth so, this yeah, year. yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, that's of course we can't say for sure because, like you're saying, yeah. it's like there's all this free will involved, right? All of our exactly. humankind doing what we do would maybe faster and maybe a little slower. So, but still, it's kind of cool that. You ended up really putting a time frame on it just for the sake of the question that I asked. And and I wanted to ask something else about hmm, – I lost it, though. Hmm. Oh, I, I want to say that when you mentioned 70,000 people, is that what you said, 70,000 or 70 yeah. million? Okay. 70,000. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we could do that. <laughs> Yeah, that was probably. It was like that sounds easy, you know. Uh, you probably have seventy thousand awakened friends. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Um, I, I don't think I know that many people, but from friends to friends to friends to friends, you know, it's really interesting. And that, where that trip that I had just taken with my my homeschooling tribe, which actually were unschoolers which is pretty much the furthest away you can get from schooling. <laughs> and um, so it was amazing, you know. And, yeah, people that all, you know, I never even did knew they did any kind of energy work or even believed in any any kind of energy healing. 
and people that can channel that I had never spoken to before and saw it happen. And I was just like, wow, you know, I didn't even know. I knew you guys were kind of hippie-ish, but (laughs) 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 I didn't know it went this, I didn't know it went all, and and nowadays none of this even sounds that weird, even in comparison to like a year ago. Uh, the talk of healing modalities and energy, and oh, I did. I'm going. I'm going back. I'm zigzagging back. Can you do the oneness blessing distance or just in person? Oh yeah, as, as you know, energy tools uh, uh-huh. are not bound by the old rules. So yeah, of course you can do it long distance, and uh, um, yeah, just like any kind of. I guess you can do that with Reiki or anything else. Right, right. Do you do that? For people? Not, not a lot. I mean, I send out a lot of healing energy, a lot, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily always call it disha, but one is blessing. But uh-huh. yeah, I do. Yeah, more general. Of- okay, so now I think what I'm going to do is circle back around to this idea of healing, and um, because it's so critical, our healing to our awakening, wouldn't you say? Ah, uh, that's a good. <laughs> Very good question. <laughs> and it's okay if you don't think so. I mean, that's oh, where yeah, I want to no, go I... right now. Is this? Is this? What is healing? This definition of healing and comparing to awakening. So wherever you want to take it. Oh yeah, you know, it's, there. I didn't mention. I don't even know if I mentioned my books yet. But part of my journey, my own inner struggle and suffering, led to these books that I kind of, in the back of my very deep mind, always. You know how we have these dreams that are buried. Uh-huh. I kind of always wanted to teach and write books, and and I was so shut down. I didn't think there was any chance in heck I would do that. But uh, anyway, I do have two books out, but both of them have the word healing and awakening in them. Uh-huh. I'll just read the title. The first one is Healing Self, Healing Earth, Awakening, Presence, Power, and Passion. And then the the poetry book I wrote with all my personal, you know, my 20 years of going through the dark night of the soul and all that. It's called Poems from the Passion Heart, Reflections on Healing and Awakening. So I look back, and I just happened, I didn't even think too much about it uh or until afterwards wow there's those that's my whole life has been about healing and awakening uh what they told us in india basically is that um i guess you could say healing is awakening but you can awaken without healing you could die and heal mm-hmm. if that makes sense you could mm-hmm. you could get what you needed to learn or experience and maybe you don't defeat the cancer or something. I mean, that's a big topic in itself, you know, that that a lot of the uh, sages and saints have themselves, you know, succumbed to diseases because we're all in this together. We've created a lot of negative karma and toxicities on the planet and all that. But I guess what I'm saying is, um, you know, Oneness University is all about awakening. That's that's the key. They can, they can help you heal anything. But uh, what does that do if you heal and you're in supposed good health but you're asleep, you're unconscious, and you're you're still operating off of your ego and your mind. It's never going to be satisfying. The the main cause of suffering, according to yoga and the Oneness University, is this exist, existential suffering that we, you know, we forget who we are. We lose our divine connection, and especially in this world. After age two or three, we've pretty much forgotten it, and we're like orphans. We're all running around without that spiritual connection, and this is a major one of the major causes of our depression on the planet, you know, the, uh-huh. that and not following our passion, you know, just, you know, following the, the dictates of our fear and our ego. So the the awakening is really everything. There's a, 
a lot of tools for doing that and one is just praying to whatever universe you believe in or divine you believe in and starting to just simply pay attention start to come out of the head and and start to feel and listen to your intuition the the higher self if you will and and practice that yeah so awakening is can you is i'm i've leave i'm leaving it open can you oh, say okay, it in sure. one line? Awakening is. Oh, okay. Well, again, they're very specific in India about what awakening is. They they got it down to a science. I won't go into there if I could remember it even. But basically, they're saying um, as you awaken, as you as you do whatever processes, and of course they're really good at it over there about shaking us out of the the mind. <laughs> but but as you start to awaken, you first have awakened states where you get. You know, or suddenly the mind gets kind of declutched, you might say, uh-huh. and you're still maybe suffering and all that, but it's more conscious. You're you're starting to notice, wow, look at that, I'm angry or I'm judgmental. And then as you pay attention more and more, it turns into a, a more of an aw- awakened state where it's more permanent, you might say, and there's less suffering and less mind. The mind's being kind of muted almost. It's still there, but it's not bothering you anymore. And then you go into enlightenment was this is the way they term it where you're you're basically not suffering at all there's no mind there's no you there's no ego left really and then they you can go into what they call god realized and the way they describe that is like the difference between being awake and god realized bhagavan said is like awake you you might know that you and the tree are one but god realized you are the tree there's no mm-hmm. sense of separation there's no small self ego and it sounds like you met people that were existing in that in that way. Because for oh, me, yeah. I can feel that for moments, right? It's like yeah. moments of God consciousness, I guess. <laughs> and then yeah. it's gone again. And um, what was your experience with meeting people that were able to hold that for their lives. That's interesting. It's like, can they talk? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's very... You're asking very great great questions, by the way, in my opinion. Uh, But some of them... uh, some of them are kind of going back and forth, you know. They're they get in back to the states yeah. and they kind of snap out of it a little bit. But some of the ones over there, they some of them are called oneness beings. They call them oneness beings, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have to kind of um, they have to be kind of taken care of a little bit, you might say. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Let me let me explain that they 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 don't have much of they probably couldn't balance a checkbook very well. They don't have as much of the thinking mind because they're just pure divine flowing through them. So they're amazing. They'd come in the room. In the temple, there's a oneness temple over there too, with amazing energy, and we would we do a lot of our processes there because it was intense energy and healing and awakening. And we the room when those guys were in there, the gals and guys, was just so amazingly still. It was incredible. And they would give us blessings sometimes. They'd put their hands on our head for just a few seconds. And it was like, whoa, baby. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. So these guys are all. There's more and more of these people that are waking up, and they're doing a lot of the work in the temple to to basically awaken the planet. They're doing meditations in there with Amma and Bhagavan. They're doing incredible work there, and and this is just one group. Like we know, there's so many amazing teachers on the planet right now. It's so exciting, huh? It is. It is, and and 
in a humble way, I mean, because I know you're you're a humble guy, but are are you awakened? <laughs> Sorry for laughing. <laughs> it's okay. I know it's funny. I'm like, because I'm thinking, I'm I'm awakened sometimes. I don't know. Like, is that again? Is that a state of continual yeah. awakened, or does it come and go? Yeah, there's different. You know, there's different definitions. It gets into semantics. Um, like I said, I had awakened states when I was in India. Where, oh wow. <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, you can't, it's hard to even recognize in a way because there's no one there to recognize it. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. this presence. You know, it's hard to describe. Mm-hmm. And and what happens is those awakened states will turn into awakening if you keep it up, keep getting the blessings and doing all that or whatever you do to wake up. Right. Um, right. So no, I, I'm not awakened there in their definition by any means. Um, I haven't had I've had awakened states before I went over there. Certain things have happened, Kundalini awakenings and stuff. Uh it's all about the Kundalini by the way. They they say there's no awakening without the Kundalini. It, if you don't have the Kundalini flowing up and down the spine, uh it's I don't think it's even possible to awaken. Yeah. And there's so there's many tools to specifically awaken Open the Kundalini. Yeah. 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 One being you So when we do our diction nights I feel I feel closer to that sense of awakening again, you know. You don't know of any, you haven't heard of anybody over here in my part of the world, have you? Um, well, I haven't looked, to, to be honest, okay. um, but you could punch it in there on the, it'll say find a trainer under onenessuniversity.org. Okay, I will, yeah. yeah. All right, um, well, we're coming up to the end, and I just want to, I want to say that I, Roy was nice enough to send me his book of poems from The Passionate Heart, and I highly recommend it, everybody. It's one of those books that you can set by your bed and just open randomly and find inspiration in. And where is the best place for people to, since I was gifted mine, <laughs> to order uh-huh. the books? Yeah. Well, I didn't even get this uh, on anywhere except my website right now. Okay. So it would have to be through my website. Okay. All right. Uh, that's, so that's Holman Health yep. Connections. H O L M A N Health Connections with an S. dot com, or they could. Uh, I think I get my email. It's Holman Health at Gmail dot com. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I told Roy this, but uh, I just want to share it with the audience that it's inspirational and it's intimate. This book, it's like it really is a nice, neat version of his and. Well, I want to say journal, and then I want to ask, but it's not because they are in poem form. And then I want to ask about, it seemed to me, did you ever feel like you were channeling? Oh, <laughs> or, or yeah. Or did you say yeah. it was your higher self? Because some of them, yeah, I can I, like almost sense a difference between the writing. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Well, <laughs> definitely, yeah, when I... I could feel it was that that tug of war. I think goes on with every writer, doesn't it? You know, where you're just kind of getting into writing from your head and your struggle, which you know it doesn't come out nearly as uh, profound. And then, yeah, same with my first book. There were just times I wake up in the middle of the night with the oh wow, where where'd that come from? So right. I don't know if you call it your higher self or channeling, but it's yeah, it's somewhere in there. <laughs> right, right, somewhere. And, and somewhere some of the earlier there. ones were from my pain. I'm sorry, but the, some of the earlier ones, as you can tell, it's a, it's a, it goes by. By, how do you say that, chronological order. So some of the earlier ones was just uh, emotional angst and pain and, and swearing and cussing and trying to get through my pain and depression. And then as you you probably could tell towards the end, I was feeling more joy and more alive and more higher self or whatever you call it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Yeah, it's wonderful. So thanks so much for sending that and sharing yourself with us today. So, Roy, yeah, I, I want to um, give my gratitude, and I am really glad that you decided to join me again, and I'm sure and hopeful we'll talk again sometime on live on the air and also privately, and you can also find uh, Roy on Facebook, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's really always nice being with you. I enjoy our conversation, so I hope we can do it again. We will. All right. Well, thanks so much. And I'm going to tell everybody what's coming up on the show. And I know you have a yoga class to get to. so. <laughs> okay. I just yeah, want to send out so blessings to everyone and uh, and invite everyone to be a, uh, a conscious co-creator of this amazing change that we're going to go through here on the planet. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yep. Fear not. <laughs> okay, yep. thank you, Tracy. All right, take care, Roy. Okay, bye. All right, yep, all right, everybody. So this is the rundown coming up here on Blog Talk Radio at Mind, Body, Spirit, You. Next week, next Monday at 7 p.m., we have Food, Feelings, and Finding Freedom with Aleka Thorvalson. And that is going to be a show where she will talk and teach some and also take your calls. So if you're somebody that has an issue with um, body image or a weight problem or an eating disorder, please tune in. And trust me, Aleka is an amazing teacher, coach, healer, and um, also a has her degree in nutrition. So she's an amazing gal. That's next Monday night at 7 p.m., the 21st of May. And then on the 25th, which is Friday, the last Friday of every month, we do a healing hour, and that's with myself, Aleka, and Sharon. And we take your calls, and we help you through your life challenges and help you heal. And then on the last Monday of the month, we will be doing our monthly spiritual channel with Laura Morante. And that is at 7.30 p.m. instead of 7, because that is what Laura needed to make it work. So we have other upcoming shows that are going to be new in the month of June. And one of those is going to be a show with my friend Rebecca who channels her spirit guide Artasia and we will talk some about what all that means to be a channel and how she does it and also take calls and questions and what else is coming up that's going to be new Sharon Sudar is going to start a show that is going to be her healing techniques of the emotion code and the body code and she will share, teach, and also So please uh, stay tuned. Follow us here on Blog Talk Radio. And also visit us online at Mind, Body, Spirit, You, the letter U, dot com. Thanks, everybody, and have a blessed evening. <laughs>